0: Praise God, praise God. Would you uh, pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for meeting us here this morning. Thank you, God, for keeping your house, sustaining your people. Thank you, Jesus, for the life that you've given us. Thank you, God, for the victory we have in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that as we open up your word this morning, you would speak to us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move mightily in this house, that our hearts would be turned towards you fully given and surrendered to your will and your will alone. I give you all glory and honor. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Praise God. Always a blessing to be able to come before you, to be able to open up God's word, to be able to preach his word. Praise God. I've been completely just blessed by this morning's worship. I'm grateful for our music ministry, grateful for Greg Thomas. I'm grateful for our choir, our musicians. Praise God. And I'm grateful for you. There's a shout of praise here in the house of the Lord this morning. I don't know about you, but I can feel it. Praise God. I know it's been some hot days and I know things went a little dark here in Midtown for a couple of hours yesterday. But thank God the lights are on. Praise God. And praise God the AC's running here in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Ezra. The book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 1. It's just after 2 Chronicles. (laughs) I know some of y'all are like, okay, I don't even know what that is too. Isn't that the worst, though, when someone asks you to go to one of those books in the Old Testament that you haven't been to in a long time? Now, see, for those of you that have the app on your Bible, it's real easy. But for those of us that are old school, sometimes I just, I just draw a blank. I'm just going to be honest with you. There are times when somebody gets up here to speak, and they uh, ask us to turn to like a book of Ezra, and I'm like, oh, Lord knows. I ain't been there for like the last three, four months. And you, you just draw a blank in your head, and now... Now it seems like you're taking forever to get to that book. Okay, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I guess maybe it's just me because sometimes I'm sitting up here and then Pastor Patrick, he gets right to it. Pastor Derek gets right to it. I'm still trying to flip through. Now I'm starting to feel awkward as I look up back at the choir and they done found it already. Then the worst is, the only choice you've got now is to go to the table of contents. And I really don't want nobody to see me going through this. Okay, y'all do know what I'm talking about. Okay. Ezra, the book of Ezra, beginning with uh, chapter one. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. In verse two, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. Amen. In verse 4, and let each survivor in whatever place he sojourns be assisted by the men of his place with silver and gold, with goods and with beasts, besides freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And then in verse 5, then rose up the heads of the fathers, houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem. Praise God. Stop right there. My message this morning is titled, All Stirred Up. I want to talk to you about what God's house looks like when we are all stirred up. I want to talk to you about what your house looks like when you are all stirred up. I want to talk to you about what your relationship with your husband or your wife or your friendships or those that are around you or even your neighbors, what it can look like when you are all stirred up. Something supernatural happens when you are all stirred up by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you and I cannot go forward without the Holy Spirit. We cannot do life without the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot continue to go forward without God's Spirit stirring our hearts for what he wants in our lives. And his will and what he's called us to do according to his purpose and for his glory. Here in the Old Testament, the people of God, they've been in captivity for 70 years, a long time, in Babylon. And here the, the king, Cyrus of Persia, has an understanding of who God really is. And the Bible says that God stirs up Cyrus, declaring who God is as the true God. And calling the people of Israel to go home, to rebuild. Come on out of captivity. It's time to go home. Come out of Babylon. It's time for something new to happen. Come on out of Babylon. It's time to see God move once again. And the Bible says that Cyrus was stirred up. And then the Bible goes on to say in chapter 1 that the people who had gathered, were stirred up by God's spirit. Now in chapter two, which we won't read uh, for the sake of time, but it gives us this long rundown of all the families and all the men who made their way back to Israel. And and really, it has been estimated that there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands that had been held in captivity in Babylon. But the Bible says Just really quick in chapter 2 of verse 64, the whole assembly together, talking about those who began the trip back, the whole assembly was only 42,360 people. Out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, only a little more than 42,000 decided to go on back. And step into a new horizon, as we sang earlier. You know, it's easy sometimes, having been in a situation or a place or having gone through circumstances long enough, that you would actually find yourself comfortable in those circumstances, regardless of whether they're good or bad. The people of God had become comfortable in Babylon. Not even simply just comfortable, but there had become familiarity with where they were in Babylon. But familiarity can often hinder what God wants you to do in faith going forward. This is not the time to get comfortable in church. This is not the time to just sit back and do life as usual here in New York City. This is not the time for casual Christianity. There has got to be a sense of urgency in the body of Christ this morning. There has got to be a sense of knowing that God is calling us to do something that maybe might leave you a little uncomfortable, that maybe might call you out of that which is familiar to you, requiring you to trust God completely in faith. Don't allow familiarity and comfort to cause you to draw back When God might be calling you to take risks for his glory, that you and I would bear witness of the goodness of God. I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Spirit to stir me up. I want to be stirred up and sent out and put in positions where in the flesh I don't feel so comfortable, but I know God wants to do a new thing in my life and I'm going forward. I want to bear witness of who God is, not just to friends and family, but to strangers and to anyone that I come across. I want to be stirred up in such a way that I will not hesitate to be a voice, to bear witness of who God is. I don't want to find myself only doing church and only trying to go forward simply only determined by what makes me feel comfortable. I want God to stretch me, take me out of my comfort zone, and I want him to put me in positions where I am only, only moving forward in accordance to his will and stirred up by the Holy Spirit. I was making my way this morning, got my coffee, my coffee, And I'm good, because that's comfortable for me. It's my pattern. Come in, park in the garage, go get my coffee, and put on my uniform, that being my suit. Because I like to get changed here. I wear my sneakers and my, you know, jeans when I come in the morning. I have a set pattern. But after I got my coffee this morning, I walked right on by this man. And after I passed him, he said, sir, I'm not doing well if you could just help me out. And you know, we kind of hear that kind of stuff all the time here in New York City. Sure enough, I was ready to keep it moving, but I got stirred up. I got all stirred up by the Holy Spirit. See, as I've been preparing for this message, the Lord's been dealing with me like, okay, if you want to talk about being all stirred up, then you better be ready to get stirred and stop when I tell you to stop. <laughs> stirred and go when I tell you to go. Stirred up and speak when I tell you to speak. Okay, Lord God. Hey, hey what's up, brother? How are you? Hey, look, man, I just, I just, I, it's been tough. I'm like, man, this this man's in his right mind. It's been tough, and I sensed it. Now, you got to be led by the Holy Spirit, but I gave him whatever I had in my wallet. And I said, brother, here you go. He said, thank you. I said, but I want to pray for you, and I want to tell you about my Jesus who I'm getting ready to go worship just down the street. I said, my name's David. What's your name? He said, "I'm, I'm Shane. His name is Shane. I said, Shane, I want you to know something. And I had the message kind of like running all through me. I said, Shane, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, God will stir your heart up. He'll stir you up. If you surrender to him, give your life to Jesus who went to a cross and died for your sins. But I'm going to pray for you right now. He said, okay, I'm gonna pray. I said, God, I always pray with my eyes open. On the streets, you better pray with your eyes open. I said, God, I said, I pray for my brother Shane. I said, I pray, Lord God, that you would reveal to him the truth of who you are as the one and only true God. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would move in and touch him and that his heart would be stirred and drawn to you. That man looked up at me when I finished. He says, I feel charged. That's exact words. I feel charged. I went in for the big bear hug. I said, that's the stirring of the Holy Spirit. You see, saints, it's not enough for us to do church as usual. You can't. we, We can't come in here and experience this time of worship, get all stirred up and not be ready for God to stir us when we step out of here. We have got to be all stirred up. If we're not all stirred up, we'll draw back in fear. Listen, I got to move fast here. Ezra chapter 3. Go over to Ezra chapter 3. Now that you're in the book of Ezra with me, it shouldn't take you long. Amen. Listen, verse 1. When the seventh month came and the children of Israel were in the towns, the people gathered as one man to Jerusalem. You see, when you and I are stirred up by God, it will draw us unto each other. There will be a bond, a commitment to one another as brothers and sisters. It's really important that as we go forward, we go forward as one. We stand together in unity. It is really important. And then arose in verse 2, Yeshua, the son of Josadak with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel. Try saying that five times in a row real fast. Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, with his kinsmen. And they built the altar of the God of Israel to burn offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set the altar in its place, for fear was on them because of the peoples of the lands. And they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord. Burnt offerings morning and evening. Before they built the foundation, they built an altar. The altar is a type of the cross. The altar represents the central focus of who we are as a church going forward jesus christ savior before there can be a foundation there has to be a focus on jesus before the walls go up before moving forward before we do anything it has to be all about jesus the altar represents the people saying we're going back home and as we step forward and as we go And as God stirs our heart, may we always be a people that lifts up the name of Jesus Christ. And the only way, the only way to combat fear is to worship God. The only way to deal with your fears and your doubts is to go to the word, to get back to the cross, to go to the source of your strength, which is Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. The one who went to the cross and defeated sin and death. Listen, we will always be a church that stands on the word. We will always be a church that looks to Jesus Christ. We will always be a church that always gives God all the glory. And the Bible says that they built this altar. And before the altar, they worshiped God day in and day out. And so, listen, skip down to verse 8. Now in the second year after their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, Zerubbabel the son of Shiltiel and Jeshua the son of Josadak made a beginning together with the rest of their kinsmen, the priests and the Levites and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity. They appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to supervise the work of the house of the Lord. It's a beautiful picture because everyone had come together for this new beginning. Everyone had come together to put in some work. And I love it because they appointed 20-year-olds to supervise. Now, some folks, we don't believe in that. And there are many generations that are represented here. But we get this incredible picture in the Word that not only were they coming together simply as a multi-generational group of people, but they were cross-generational transgenerational, meaning actively working together as one, meaning actively empowering one another, standing together from one generation to the next. It's a beautiful picture of the body of Christ coming together, growing together, appointing those in different positions who were stirred by the Holy Spirit. You see, that's the key. We move forward as one when we're all stirred by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they began to build. And the Bible says in, in verse 19, and when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. All the people shouted with a great shout, and when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men, who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. Now, you might be reading that like going, what is going on? But here's what happened. The foundation is laid, and then there's a time out. Let's get our praise on. Let's worship Jesus. Let's give thanks for the foundation. The walls haven't gone up, but praise God. We're gonna worship Jesus. We don't know what the roof looks like, but praise God. We're gonna worship Jesus because He's faithful, He's true, and He's gonna meet us right here on this foundation. You see, it doesn't matter whether it's a finished job or not, God is faithful, and we know the end when we put our trust in Jesus. I don't gotta see the walls, I don't need to see the the final blueprint. I I don't need to know what the the roof is going to look like and the windows are going to look like. I I just need to know that the presence of Jesus is going to be here. And so they put up a shout and they got their praise on. I'm sure they were shouting and, and praising God like Mama May. Sing praise! But the Bible says that there were some older men, an older generation. They had seen and remembered what the foundation looked like when Solomon got busy building the temple. Now, true indeed, this foundation couldn't touch what Solomon put together. For any, any of you who read the Old Testament, that, that, that temple, that foundation, that was, whoo, that was pretty. Aesthetically, it was just amazing. I mean, you can't find them stones. Just, Solomon was just good at what he did. But, the problem is, is when it was time to give God praise and worship for what he was doing new, some people cried out in sorrow. So you had one group of people who were excited for this new foundation, even though it was smaller, but they were just excited because God's going to meet us. But then there were others that were crying out, going, man, I don't know, because I remember the good old days. Ooh. Ooh. That's really what happened here in chapter 3. They cried out in sorrow because it didn't look like the way they were used to seeing it. And they were disappointed and sorrowful and sad. And sometimes we have to be careful as we reflect on the good old days. Because oftentimes that can imply as if God can't do what he's done yesterday, today, and forever. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 13, he is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. You see, it doesn't matter what the foundation looks like as long as Jesus shows up. Y'all hear what I'm talking about? I, I, I want to just demonstrate something real quick, and I've asked Tyler if he could bring out our other two podiums. You know we have two other podiums. Thank you, Tyler. Here, I'll take one. I'll, t- I'll take one. This is- you put that one there. I'll put this one right here. Now, now. this one right here, this was boss right here. It. <laughs> <clears throat> and for a lot of people, it's just a demonstration, but it kind of reflects really what happened here on a small scale. But this, this been here for 15, maybe 20 some years. Whew, ain't it pretty? I mean, it's so big. I can climb inside and sit down and get comfortable. <laughs> Says Times Square Church across the front. Works with the flowers, too, right there. Aesthetically, it's just beautiful. But some of you all who stick around for the rest of the day know that at the 3 o'clock service, we bring this one out. <laughs> this little slick guy. All contemporary and modern. Just as cool. And then, you know, it comes out. and Can't really hide behind this one. This is for the 3 this was mine right here. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, I I, I I preach quite often for the six o'clock, and th- this was mine. I just, I, I, I like leaning on it, I just, I like using it, and th- this was just comfortable for me. And, f- and I just, it just works. And you got these three different podiums, and, and it's amazing how even just with this demonstration, some folks have their preference. This one? This one or this one? And of course, what would we say? Oh, this the one. If you only knew the men and women of faith that stood behind this podium. But may I bring a little clarity? There is no anointing or power Not in this one, not in this one, and definitely not in this little guy. The Holy Spirit does not stir podiums. The Holy Spirit stirs the heart of men and women, revealing the truth of the word. And wherever the word is, there is power. And wherever the word is, there is a stirring of the Holy Spirit. So as long as the word lands on each one of these podiums, we can expect a visitation of the Holy Spirit, a revelation of what God wants from us. It doesn't matter what the foundation looks like as long as we are stirred up by the power of the Holy Spirit and drawn to the word of the Lord. This is who we are. Tyler, you can take these. Thank you so much. This is who we are in the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Turn real quick with me to Zechariah. There goes another one of them books. I'm sorry. <laughs> Zechariah, chapter four. If you can't get there quick enough, just listen. Listen, there were were certain men that were a part of this this process of rebuilding the temple. And and, and the Lord has revealed to me, and I want you to go back and read through Ezra again. Uh, Read read Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4, it it refers to the very same situation that the people were dealing with as they were laying this foundation. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4, beginning with verse 6, Then... He said to me, and this is talking about the angel. The angel came and met Zerubbabel, and and, and this is the word of the Lord, and met Zechariah. I'm sorry, the prophet Zechariah has a word, and this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, his hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. I I love this moment. The scripture reveals to us that, listen, it's not by human might. It's not by human power. May I get even more specific? It's not by military might. It's not by political power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. By God's spirit if we're gonna see change, it has to be the stirring of the Holy Spirit. If we're gonna take the next step, it has to be the stirring of the Holy Spirit. If we're gonna go forward as a church and make a difference and and praise God and shout knowing that God is faithful, it has to be the stirring of the Holy Spirit. No matter what foundation we're on, we're gonna trust that God's gonna show up. No matter what service we're in, we're gonna trust that God's gonna stir our hearts and we're gonna give him praise. We're gonna shout... You know, as we were reading in Ezra chapter three, the, the Lord revealed something to me. It, it, the Bible says that their shout was afar off. They could it could be heard afar off. People could hear the shout from afar off. But the Bible says they could not distinguish the shout between that which was sorrowful and that which was joyful. Church. Listen, there's enough confusion and uncertainty and division going on in our country. We have got to have a united shout. There's got to be one reason to shout in the house of the Lord. There's got to be one reason to praise him. There's got to be one reason to worship him. There's got to be one focus. There's got to be one hallelujah. There's got to be one person here that stands and each person individually knowing that God is stirring your heart will draw us together as one. We're in a critical hour. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of division. And of course, as of recent The phrase, the the slogan came up again, united we stand. I don't know about that. But what I do know is in the house of God, united we stand. What I do know is in the house of the Lord, when the Holy Spirit stirs, united we shout, united we praise, united we put our hope in Christ Jesus, united we open up the word of God and believe that God is going to do a new thing. Praise God. Worship team, come up here, turn with me real quick, or just listen. I'm still in the Old Testament. Haggai. Haggai. In Haggai chapter 1, the Bible says this in verse 13. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shittil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord. Church, it's time to put in work. I believe that we are a remnant people right now, today, 2019, in the house of the Lord. I believe it. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands did not go forward. But I believe Times Square Church is going forward. I believe we represent that remnant. Listen, in chapter 2. In chapter 2, it says in verse 3, Who is left among you who saw this house in the form of glory? And I believe there are some of us that can answer that question right here this morning. God has moved in this house 31 years. Amen? Amen. What an incredible legacy. What an incredible work we've seen God do. And the Bible says, Who is it that's left among you who saw this house in its form of glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now, be strong O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. Again, that points us to the Savior, Jesus Christ, because we have a new covenant in Christ Jesus, and we've all been set free from Egypt. We've all been called out of Babylon. Jesus Christ set the captives free when he went to the cross. Hallelujah. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, thus says the Lord of hosts. Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory. When I think about all nations, I think about Times Square Church. I think about over a hundred different nationalities that are represented here in the house of the Lord. I think about how God has sustained us and kept us. I think about how God continues to stir our heart as he has done the very same day that the doors opened here in Times Square Church. It's the very same spirit that continues to move on his people and call us into the house here this afternoon. Praise God. I love it. The Bible says this, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. If you're with me in verse nine, say amen. amen. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. I'm gonna bring peace. You're gonna experience my presence. You're gonna experience the stirring of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants to stir all of us. All stirred up. All going up. All coming out of activity, uh, captivity. All coming out of Babylon. All coming out of Egypt. I'm telling you something. This is the hour where every person in the house of the Lord be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we're going to see a shaking, if we're going to see God turn this country back to him, there has to be a stirring of the saints, a stirring of his people, a stirring in the power of the Holy Spirit. There has to be an expectation that God is going to do a new thing, a new thing. Isaiah chapter 43, behold, I do a new thing. Isaiah chapter 43, you go look back at it. But before he said he's going to do a new thing, remember he boasts and brags about what he did at the Red Sea. I love it. He says, yep, I can recall the good old days too in Isaiah 43. He says, "Uh uh-huh. I caused the chariots and the horses to fall apart. I'm just paraphrasing. He says, I, I parted the Red Sea. I said, I sent my people right on through on dry ground. God boasts in Isaiah 43. He's like, man, I, I, I can look back too and remember all the great things that I've done over the last few years. He says this after he boasts about what he's done. He says, but remember no more. He says, okay, you've been holding on to them old stories long enough, but now, I need you, I need you to prepare yourself for what I'm going to do new now. Behold, I do a new thing. And I get excited knowing that God is going to do a new thing. And some of you just in your own lives might be thinking, "I, I don't know what that new thing is. Life has just been like really hard. I don't need to know exactly and specifically what that new thing is because my faith comes not by sight. My faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. My faith comes through knowing that God is faithful. My faith is stirred by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you know, in, in Isaiah 43, God said it. He goes, Do you not see it? And some of you might be like, See what? It was a total blackout. (laughs) For like three, four hours, I was in the dark. For all of you here that live in Manhattan and Midtown, maybe some of you. But some people are literally like, what? What what new thing is God going to do? Well, the joy of knowing that God is going to do a new thing begins with a stirring in your heart, knowing that the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and it ignites you and it gets you ready, regardless of what I can see in the natural. For example, and I close with this, as I was watching everything unfold on the news and trying to keep track, and my wife was like, you got to see this, and it was later on towards the end of the blackout, and we're watching the news anchors and all the people around and, you know, all of those that were in charge, and they had these very, very sad, somber faces, and it just looked like the city was, like, quiet, right? Like, just It's rare, but it was quiet up in here. Hell's Kitchen got quiet. And in the middle of them talking about what they're trying to do and how they're trying to figure it out, all of a sudden the lights went on. And all of a sudden, even the news anchors started shouting. And then they could barely talk because there was such a shout in Midtown. I don't know if anybody was around in Midtown. But just like that, regardless of your race, culture, nationality, background, or whoever you are, no matter where you were standing, but everyone put up one shout because the power went on. Ooh. I heard there was a shout in Midtown. And in the moment of that shout, one shout, one response, one praise, nobody was like, well, I don't know you, so I ain't shouting with you. (laughs) Nobody was like, you ain't family, so I ain't gonna high five you. Nobody was like, look at here, I'm not sure if it's gonna stay on long this time. No, right here in Midtown, there was one shout that rose up because the power went on. How much more should there be a shout? glory to God glory to God hallelujah hallelujah we're just gonna pray because y'all ain't even let me finish preaching it I didn't need to because it was the Holy Spirit that just revealed to you where I was going. I love it when the Holy Spirit just steps in. It stirs our heart. Would you stand up with me? This is this is what I want to do. I want to shout. I want to give God praise. But before we do that, maybe there's some here that don't feel stirred. I want us to be all stirred up. The stirring of the Holy Spirit. All. We need to stand as, as we read together. As one man, one God, one body, one shout. One God, one body, one shout. And maybe this morning, this is your prayer, and I'm gonna invite you to come forward. God, stir my heart once again. God, do a new thing in my life. I know I, I spoke to the about the church at large. I spoke about just God's house, just in general. But God wants to do a new thing in your life, personally. He wants to do a new thing in your heart. And I want to pray for you, that God would just stir your heart. There'd be a stirring, and you would step out in faith, and you would say, God, do, do something new in my life. I, I, I want to shout again. Give me a victory song. And so as we worship, let there be a stirring of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And if this is you, if you say, God, stir my heart, I want to shout. I want you to come forward. And when you come forward, get ready because we're going to shout together right up here. From, we're going to shout, praise God. Oh God, stir our hearts once again, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for every weary heart. I pray for those, Lord God, Who have lost hope. I pray for those, Lord Jesus, that have just drawn back and not quite sure what's next, where to go, or what to do. But I just pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would comfort those, Lord God, that you would bring peace, that hope would rise up again, that faith would rise up again in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit to do something supernatural. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that draws us unto yourself, that that causes us, Lord God, to open up your word and reveals the truth of who you are. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I just pray right now, Lord, that there would be a sense of knowing, Lord God, that you're going to do a new thing. And we don't have to know fully what that is, but we just trust in faith that, God, you're going to do something new. We just trust and we believe in faith that, God, it's by the power of your Holy Spirit. And you have the final say, and the ending is completely in your control. I thank you, Lord Jesus. So, Lord God, I pray that we as a church would always stand together as one. I pray that we would always be one body, one shout, Lord God. Not a shout of discouragement, not a shout of sorrow, but a a shout of joy a shout of praise, a shout of excitement, knowing that, God, you're going to do a new thing. Oh, God, I thank you. May there be always expectation and excitement in your house for what you're going to do new. I pray, Lord God, even as we sang earlier, Lord Jesus, this morning, take us to a new horizon, Lord God, a new horizon. Take us, Lord God, to another level in our faith, another level, Lord God, as your people. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, your name, your name be glorified. Your name be lifted up. Your name be praised. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah.